Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's episode of the Gym Owners Podcast. I'm your host, fresh back from a couple of weeks of vacation, Tyler. Over there's John. How you doing, John? I did not go on vacation, Tyler. John did not. John had to keep. John had to keep the boat afloat, ship afloat while I was gone. <laughs> I was I was off the radar for a couple of weeks, so uh, it was a lot of fun. This week's episode, guys, we want to talk to you about something we've been kind of beta testing a lot, and I think that we've seen it in gyms that we work with directly, also with personal training that I personally do, John, that you do, that my wife does, that personal trainers we work with do. We want to talk to you, gym owners and personal trainers, about the gym owner personal trainer relationship and how that business relationship can be started, how it should probably be established and some of the pitfalls that you can stumble into if you're not careful in how you set this stuff up going into it. So before we get started talking about personal training and how to make it make money for you in your gym and for your coaches, we want you to go to the Gym Owners Revolution. That is our Facebook group. Uh, the link is going to be in the description. Join that. It's a resource for gym owners. We have uh, you know, gym owners asking questions amongst each other, asking questions for us. It's also a spot where we, we kind of are able to uh, test and give you guys some inside track for some of the things we're doing with the, the coaches and gym owners we work with directly in our uh, coaching program, the Gear Academy. So make sure you do that. John, go ahead. And most importantly, it's where you can see the video version of this yes. podcast. Yes, it's the, it's only, the only it's the only place you can see the video version. So uh, if that's what, if you're really into that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking weird, but uh, but if that's really what you're into, make sure you head over to the uh, Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group. Links in the description. Follow the show at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Tyler F. And Stone. That's Tyler E-F-F-I-N Stone. And follow John. On Instagram at jbanksfl. Let's get to it. Personal trainers in your gym, whether you – most of the gyms that we work with uh, in our Gear Academy stuff offer some sort of group fitness components for some of them it's the centerpiece for some of them it's maybe 50 50 but we want to make sure that you know that one i think i think doing some sort of group coaching program is very important because it's profitable right john kind of across the board the reason we we do like group fitness people like working out together it's great for retention it's also just a great way to get the most money out of an hour as well it also makes your product a little more affordable for people so it gives you a better it's a really good angle at fucking getting people in. It's just a, a whole nother swath of potential clients you can get, whether it's CrossFit or whether you're just running kind of some small group boot camp stuff or even come some looser strength training, bodybuilding stuff in groups. All those things work. Um, it's go ahead. Well, I mean, on, on the group training thing, it's like we talked about it before a long time ago, but it's where did group training come from? Like, why did why did it become a thing back when it started becoming a thing? Like ultimately as you, you run out of time, like you can only train so many people for one hour a day is only can only be so valuable. So you want yeah. to fit, fit more heads per hour to walk away with more money at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And we can say fundamentally it's about fun and community and all that jazz, but let's be real. Yeah. It's how can we stack more money per, per hour? It's the way right. businesses work. We do have to definitely weigh that, weigh that as part of the equation. Now, on the personal training side of things, so I think you should always offer personal training if you have the ability to do it. If you are, a co if you as the owner, or you have coaches that can do one-on-one -on -one personal training, I think it is the, a very incredible way to build relationships with clients that last, that are very direct, that are very um, – a one-to-one -one coach client relationship is very important, can be really impactful, and I think you can get a lot of work done with a client over the course of a year working with them one-on-one -on -one versus in a group, people can get lost in the mix, they don't get the attention, they don't get their – their question answered, their hesitation, their all their little concerns, they don't float to the top. People kind of bury them and just kind of hide. So there's a lot of real, I think it's a high value product and I think it should be treated as such. 
but it's a product that I think you should offer. Now, a lot of the gym owners we work with, some of them are solopreneurs or the only coach slash staff that they have. Some have one or two people that are working maybe part-time for them in their business. And in that case, then we start running into issues, which is like, geez, how are we going to fulfill more one-on-one stuff? How can we, or how do you bring on a coach when you don't, you're trying to get a coach on full-time how are you going to bring on a coach and pay him to sit on ass? You're not going to pay a full-time wage. So this, we found some ways that I think work very well for the gym owner and very well for the personal trainer long-term uh, to make the relationship profitable for both people. And I think it's very important that we start with what that relationship is and what it should be to first the personal trainer. Now, if you're a personal trainer, I do personal training. My wife does. John does personal training. It's a thing that you need to be, You cannot take an employee mindset into being a personal trainer. If you do not view yourself as the entity that has the value, then I think you're going about it the wrong way for yourself and for the gyms that you're working in. Okay. You as a personal trainer are your own brand. That brand needs to have a cohesive relationship with the gym that you work in. And that is how it should be. I do not like the idea at all of coaches like personal trainers being on staff and just as an employee of a gym because that is a passive state of employment that sucks it has so little value because unless unless part of that relationship is them out hustling selling and bringing in new members it's such a one-sided it's it's just you should have multifaceted benefits like from all the way across the board from your personal trainers. You really should. They should be attracting people to your gym, not just upselling people from within your gym. And I think that's the important thing about your personal trainers having an entrepreneurial mindset because if that relationship is, you know, here, you just work for me and I'll funnel you clients, that sucks. It sucks because that personal trainer, one, is just going to sit back and wait. They think that they're – so for your career as a personal trainer, if that's how you're doing business – like in 10 years, are you going to be better off for that? Or are you going to be better off if you learn, build your own brand, how to market yourself on social media, how to attract people to you. And then you're still selling them into the gym to be members anyways. And you're selling them into your coaching product. That makes you a valuable person for yourself, for your family, for your clients. And it makes you an asset to the business, not just a liability to sit around in hopes that someone else can sell. Or again, simply if you're, if you're just an on-staff uh, personal trainer at a gym, you are maybe lucky for an upsell if you're doing any of the selling. Very rarely is that the case. Um, and then you're just fulfilling. And by the way, it seems to me like in most cases, that money would be coming in whether it was that trainer or whether it was another trainer or another trainer or another trainer. You're an interchangeable piece, which mm-hmm. is fine, but it means you're low value and you want to make high value. You want your employees to be high value, which means... They need to have the skills to take this thing all the way up for you. Well, and it's by design. Like it's that all those things are have were being done by design. Like the idea of having personal trainers that can be totally interchangeable and faceless and nameless. It's just it's Joey and it's Tiffany, and Joey can work out with you for personal training. We can upsell you as the owner of a facility. Like if I think back to. <clears throat> One of the first gyms when I was in college where I was like, well, I can work at the mall for buckle and sell jeans and stylish shirts making minimum wage, or I could go make 
money working at the gym that was like the big 24 hour fitness facility that we had mm -hmm. in the college town. And I remember being like, okay, so I have to go and like get a certification. So that costs what hundreds and hundreds of dollars. The certification that I was going to go get was that NASM, like the NASM certification, go get it. And then I could make I could make like $20 an hour. I was <laughs> doped. And ultimately that was what it was, but it was working on the floor at that facility was, I just cleaned stuff. Yeah. Like you just walked around and cleaned equipment and try not to be condescending. And that's where both me and another guy, like that was the track that we went. And he eventually was like, this is an insane waste of time. And he just started training people out of his parents. Like it was like training people out of his parents' garage was a better situation than this full setup spa, super kick-ass facility that had all the clients that he possibly could coach for $20 an hour, where he could just set his rate for $40, $20, and then keep the full amount out of his parents' garage. Like it was, but that was by design. It didn't yeah. matter if it was John or Kyle or Tyler or Tiffany or Brittany, whatever it was, like it, that, you are irrelevant. And, and that's where- <laughs> On the gym owner side of that, that arrangement works. It works because there is a minimum level of demand that right. that will attract, meaning it's easy. It's low inputs. You have to, you can put very low inputs into it. You don't have to put a lot of resources into marketing and selling and building relationships. And you'll just get a base amount of personal training inquiries and you'll close a fixed amount. And it's easy, basic math. And I will tell you, do you know who all the personal, guess the, caliber or the types of personal trainers that were at this 24-hour fitness facility in the college town the most bare bones minimum we were just us it was people yeah. were like we were just like yeah. the people that were brand new that had never yeah. done a fucking thing that like kind of like didn't want to make minimum wage working at the clothing store yeah so it's like I had somebody personal train I somebody asked me you know they're associated with like a you know ymca and ymca is a non-profit it's a one of the things I hate the most about the fitness industry is you have things like the YMCA meddling in, uh, you know, it's, it's a great resource for a community, but you have this like nonprofit entity that doesn't need to make any money. And they just start kind of reaching further and further and further into the space. And I, I have to compete on price and quality for somebody that doesn't have to turn a profit. And it's like, well, fuck me. <laughs> right. But one of the problems they have is like, their personal training is not very profitable. They can't seem to keep personal trainers and they can't seem to sell very much of it. And I was like, yeah, let's start run. You personal trainers can't make good living for, from you. That's problem. Number one, you're not going to keep them because of that. Therefore they're not going to stick around. Therefore you're never going to get a good per if You have a person like me, someone who's like a career coach has been training for a long time, coaching for a long time that knows a lot of stuff. I'm not doing fuck all for $20 an hour. I'm not doing fuck all for $30 or $40. I'm just not. And I'm not interested in a bunch of shit that's going to just where you're just trying to pass somebody off to me to just, I don't understand, to check some box for your, none of the metrics in a place like that fucking matter. And mm -hmm. I can't pretend to give a shit. Therefore, the odds of me ever working in a place like that are absolute zero. Absolute zero. And so when they're asking me what they can do, I was like, well, <laughs> charge more. Uh, you're going to have to start making it very easy for them to do. You want them to bring in their own clients. You need to, in order to do so, you need to get all your fucking bureaucracy and red tape out of the way and just let a person bring a person in, sign them up and off and off you go. And 
but that coach needs to be able to be an entrepreneur. They need to be able to set their own prices. It's like, well, what, they can't set their own prices. We charge. I was like, well, see, there you fucking go. Right. There you go. You know why? I just told you. And so that's when I start having these conversations with people about why their personal training stuff doesn't work. It's always them and their bullshit that's in the way. Always, 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 always. And so we had one of the best arrangements. Here's how I think it should be structured. You're, you're, you can absolutely bring on a personal trainer if you want to pay them an hourly thing to do some stuff around your gym. If you've got tasks, maybe. You can maybe do that as a starting point for maybe a few hours a week if you have some cleaning to be done or whatever, or if need front desk help, I kind of maybe I'm okay with that depending on your situation. That should be such a minimum. You should never bring someone on and promise them full time at all, in my opinion, because that person you don't want. You should, you can bring on almost anybody if their training philosophy and attitude aligns with you and your business and your culture. That's thing one. If you have group fitness, group fitness is a great way to get them to start because they can make relationships. We've talked about this in the past. Anything Plug them into a couple of your group fitness classes, have them do some minimal, you know, some shit around the gym a little bit from there. And that allows them to fulfill that primary function if you brought them in, which is to upsell, build relationships, upsell your group fitness people, people that are around the gym. They can upsell them up into some personal training. You want to work with me? I do this here. Let's, that's, that's, the, that's the minimum. That's the standard relationship. But you cannot put all your eggs in that basket because that is not a growth that's not a growth plan. That's like a, that's basically an average ticket price increasing plan, which is okay, but that's not going to bring bodies into your, into your place. And you need to, to grow. You need to increase your average ticket price and you need more bodies, right? You need all these things. That's the, that's the, that's the feedback loop that we want to make sure that we're creating. So when you have the, a personal trainer come in, the best thing is the way that my wife and I approach when we go to a place to, you know, to coach there is what we do is we say, all right, here's what we're, here's what we can do. Let's come to an agreement on the price. What do you need per hour for me to coach a client here? What is that? If you need to go a percentage, maybe if there's going to be a cap, because if I'm, if I'm worth a hundred dollars an hour and somebody you got over there is worth 40, guess you're not getting 25% of my hundred because I am the one that has that value. I may give you more than the 25% you know, say of the, you know, I'm going to give you 15 instead of 10 or some shit, but we're not going all the way because that's me. That's my added value. Now, on the other side of that as well, I also need to be able to, as a personal trainer to bring in my own clients. And if I'm not, if you have a personal trainer, someone who comes in and just wants a job, that's a problem. If someone mm -hmm. comes in and wants the opportunity to coach people in your place and to bring people in and to, who can go out there and sell themselves out in the world and can attract members to your place, that person is an asset, and that is the relationship that you want. You cannot have blind, mindless, wandering around bodies going, I sure hope somebody gives me clients this week. I, I sure hope that somebody can sell somebody, make somebody. If you, so they got to make somebody like you and want to hire the, you. It's already over. So a, tr a good personal trainer is out in the community delivering results, managing their own social media, their own brand, does their own sales, attracts people to you. Therefore, that relationship now is worth pure profit on the hour. You're not sticking a bunch of salary out into this thing. It's, it's frankly, it's not even really a payroll situation at that point. It's a contractor. Correct. And that's the way that's the best way for the for the personal trainer in the long run anyways, because they're a true entrepreneur. They're building a brand and a business. And I've owned gyms. I've owned a gym with a big facility. We've owned, you know, we, John and I are getting involved with another facility here soon. And it's owning a gym is a lot of what for. 
It's a whole lot of what for. And if I'm just a coach, if I just want to be coaching and make money, I would happily spend all of my, the same amount of money that I spend in overhead for a gym. I'm happy in spending it to just to coach in some place because I'm not responsible for the equipment. I'm not right. responsible for taxes. I'm not responsible for any of the bullshit that goes on. With it. And not only that, I don't have to manage it. I don't have to manage the facility at all. I can just come in and use it's for use. And so the place that we work out of now, between my wife and I, they make they make way they they take way more money from us coaching there than I ever paid in rent, utilities, taxes, all this other shit. And we're all very happy about it because I don't have to deal with it. I get a nice facility to train. I don't have to worry about anything. They, and if it's not enough money that I'm taking home, I just raise my price, mm -hmm. just raise our prices so that everybody's fucking happy. And that arrangement, it's great because not only are they making money off of our hours, they don't have to sell. If somebody in there also wants to do some personal training, now they have some people who are some aces you can send them to, which that's, that's a big dynamic, one. Not some, right? flunky, not some flunky who doesn't know what they're doing, who's just milling around hoping somebody likes them enough to coach. No, we're professionals. And that's the, that's the second layer. Really, that first layer is being able to bring in kind of high – where for you as the personal trainer – coming bringing value you're a high value kind of asset or add-on to the gym and really for you as the trainer you just get a nice place to be and not have to worry about all those things you just described mm -hmm. the next layer then from a gym owner's perspective is now you have proper mindseted individuals that are now in your facility and you didn't have to go find them you didn't have to go find because that's you know what i mean like we talk yeah. about all the time like how do you find an ace we ain't going to fucking find them because if they're good enough, they're not <laughs> looking for you to give them a handout. Not at all. could find people that are worth their fucking weight in gold that come to you and yeah. say, hey, this is what I want to do. And now you just have a business relationship. Exactly. And these are business relationships. This is a, These are partnerships more than it is an employee-employer relationship. And in my opinion, as a personal trainer, that's how it needs to be. You need to be a professional. You should be a professional from day one. Don't even bother being an employee. Learn how to be a professional. It's, it's, the, it's the only way. Now, one, we handle our own sales, first off. Your trainer should handle, handle your own sales. If you got to kind of onboard them into some of these principles that we've talked about, like how to make a better offer sex, you can coach them up on some of that stuff. But the fact is they should be closing their own sales. You, should, you can, as a gym owner, funnel them some leads from people within your gym. That's also fine, too. Let them close. Let them set the price. Trust them. It requires trust. If you don't trust them, don't fucking work with them at all. That's, that should be the barrier to them right away. Now, the other side of this is they're also going to bring a lot of new members. You know, you guys talk about all these coaches out here talk about how do we get new members? How do we get new members? Well, what if you bring in a human who's an asset who people want to work with? You know, the place where we're at now, I would guess I could be wrong, but between the people that you know, we coach that are from that place. Also, the people that we've brought in, I think over the course, there's probably anywhere from, I don't know, 20 to 30 members that are there because we're there, that are our clients that we've brought in that are now constant. So you do the math on that. Like, what's what's that worth? Selling 30 new people that are also going to stay for as long as they're working with, with this person that the and are going to get results. The gym, gym owner didn't, didn't have, have to, sell. to sell it. You didn't have to do didn't, anything. Didn't have to pay marketing resources. Do you know when you start getting into paid. some, yes, when you start to get into some of these advanced metrics, not advancement, but these, these are standard metrics, but like your cost for acquiring a new client, 
know, your cost per lead, cost per new client acquisition, like that number actually is higher than you think once you start marketing and tracking really what that all is. And this is a true zero for the gym. It's a, it's, it's a true, it costs no money. We're just out there doing the work on our own because it benefits us. And every dollar that we make that goes, money goes to the gym and these people are paying for memberships and we sold them on those memberships and it's, and they're getting results. This is the other piece because they're working with professional, they're getting results, which now means retention is much higher. Their investment is much higher. Having a professional who charges more money is also allows somebody to invest personally more. They're more personally invested. They will work harder. They will get more results. They'll make better decisions. They're on the hook. That is that feedback loop of success that we talk about. So if you're trying to make somebody a full-time employee, listen, the employee thing is, it's wonderful, especially as you get to a scale where you have other responsibilities that need to be done. But what are you going to do for someone for 40 hours? Like, what are you, what are you, let's be honest, where are you at? Where are you going to sign a full, what are you going to pay someone a full-time wage for? That's that's rough, but you can give someone a path to a full-time wage. And this is a thing when I worked for the heating business, I've talked about it in the past. We had to own all of our own tools and nobody else ever made us do that. Why? 20 grand up front pretty much before I can work here. And I've done, I was at that time, I was eight years in the field. Like, what the fuck? I've been doing this for a long time. I don't kind of want all this specialty shit. So we'll help you. We'll make sure we'll give you a path to make sure you have it. But I want you to be a professional. I need you to have ownership over this. That makes you an asset. That means you can pack up and go anywhere else too and make a lot of money. Because if you yep. say, I have all my own shit, now that next place knows you're a professional. We all know you're a professional. That that piece has stuck with me this entire time. And I think it's very important that um, that you give people a path to not just leaving you and going on and doing something else, but just a path to being a professional, a path towards whatever wages they want to earn. So John, if you come to me and say, Tyler, I want to work in your gym. I want to bring some clients. I say, perfect. What is your same thing? We talk about setting expectations with clients. John, what do you want to accomplish? Like, what do you, what do you want out of this? And you're like, well, I want to earn X amount. I want to work however many hours a week. I want to be able to, you know, said, perfect. I can give you a few clients, right? That's a thing that's reasonable. I can, I can bring you a few people. I have a few people who might be interested. If you can sell that, I'll give you a base. Um, you're going to need to attract some people. So get out there, hustle. You know, leverage the relationships that you make here, the successes you have from these first few people, and you can get to 10, 15, 20 personal training clients. And as you're doing that, once you get to this point, based on these numbers, here's how much money you'll earn. And now you've, I've given you a direct path to like, all right, here's how you can get started. You may have a day job at this point. That's perfect, right? Because then I don't, you don't have to take this big leap and it's not on my dime. Yep. But you come in and you get started with these few clients and then it's on you to grow out of that. It's not on me to fucking feed you until I decide or that you're not ambitious enough. And that's the problem with these places that have just coaches on staff. And they're just like, well, I mean, we really don't want to, I, I, you know, if I bring in someone from outside, you know, we kind of ran into that deal recently. Well, we've heard. You did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We've heard it, the scenario, which was somebody came in with the same exact pitch, this idea, and the, the gym owner opted not to move forward because he didn't want to upset the apple cart or didn't of want his to upset existing people of his existing people and it's coaching staff by the way his existing coaching staff and that's fucking short-sighted and crazy right i kind of get it but it's like listen they think what the issue is in that case is that's a gym owner who's one never thought outside the box very obviously first off but two is when they start thinking well there's there's this much pie Right. Now that there's more, if there's, you know, 
20 new clients or 10 new clients getting coached in this facility, uh, these these other personal trainers in this facility think, well, geez, that's cutting into my piece of the pie. It's like, no, I'm bringing an entire another fucking pie here for all of, and I'm going to work on this one and there will be some fucking spillover and y'all are going to be fine. You're still fighting over the same pie. I am making this pie bigger for all of us. Are you fucking stupid? Mm -hmm. And so, but when that gym owner had told one of our coaches, that's it's like, well, then I guess there's really no reason to to worry about that. Like if you're worried about your personal trainers who you have on staff, who obviously then are not out there selling, because if they were out bringing and attracting new people, this concept would already be fresh in this person's brain. And it's that structure. Yeah. And that it is, it's, it's just like, well, no, this is what we do. They come here and they need to, they got to man the front desk and they got to sweep the floors and they got to, it's like, Oh, you got secretaries and janitors then. That's fine. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm not that. And if that's what you're looking for, that's, that's fine. But, but understand that'll always dictate your ceiling. And that's what sucks is if once that's your structure, how are you going to grow? How are they going to grow? And for a gym like that, my question was, is always like, okay, well, how are you going to sell more personal training? You're, you're stuck. How are you going to attract more members? Like these things don't work together on this at all. And you're just kind of stuck in this place where, no, we just want to keep things exactly how they are. And there's no plan for growth. And in business, if you're not growing, you're dying. If you don't have a plan, you're also dying. <laughs> so it's, it was one of those pieces that we kind of see where like you forget in a lot of facilities that people don't think in this modern way, there's a lot of things that have happened in the last five, 10 years. And what happens is truthfully, someone who is a go-getter and is a, wants to be a professional has all of the leverage in the world. And there, I was talking with a gym owner, or not a gym owner, a, a business owner, two separate business owners. One runs like a very large scale, like uh, heavy equipment repair shop, um, like giant tractors and all this shit. And there's big chains, facilities all over the Midwest. And, and so they open a new facility. And these are, these are many, many, many millions of dollars to open in a new city. This is a fucking, it's a big, big operation. And it's a hard time finding people to work. It's just, it's tough. And so they get a bunch of people right out of the tech schools and, and they do that thing. But he said, outright, He said, you know, he had a couple of guys that came out, they were qualified. They could do the work. They worked hard, but they said, you know, the pay is good. Obviously they pay them really well. They throw money at them. They throw benefits. They said, if I can keep my benefits and I can work 28 hours a week, I'm okay. That's all. That's what I want. I want just under 30 hours. You still give me my benefit, but then give me that. I want three days off or whatever, four days off a week. And I'll, but that's the amount of hours I'm willing to work. And if you're allowed to, if you're allowed to work, if you work with me on that, I will work here and I will stay here. And it's a non-traditional arrangement. Most people, you know, they want to ride anyone they got on the payroll until they're fucking dead. But it's like, (laughs) but he said, you know what? One, I couldn't lose the fucking guy. And if I'm going to ride him for 40 hours, he's going to be miserable for 10 and want something else or he'll, or he'll go somewhere that gives him that, mm-hmm. or he's just going to find something easier. That's a little less pressure for fucking this to fill the, you know, cause he's willing to take a 25% pay cut pretty much. Right. And so in this guy's case, he, he, he kind of opened his eyes to it that now he's open to very non-traditional employee employer relationships and on another side on the service industry on the you know the on the heating side there's another concept that's been going around a lot which is how do we again how do we attract people how do we cover your after hours stuff it's it's challenging and in his case it was like there's another strategy people use which is you get a guy who's kind of an ace either semi-retired or has a lot of experience maybe just doesn't want to work the grind and you give him like very high hourly pay but he just works saturday and sunday 
just works two 12 hour days a week. It's the perfect like lean into retirement or guy with his own project going on. As long as he's a professional is in and is an ace, he can get, I mean, pretty near two thirds of the way to a full-time wage essentially from just working the weekends, two long days on the weekends. But now your employee, your clients have the ability to have weekend service calls and you get work done in the weekend. They can fill in gaps when all the other guys are at home. They can have everyone prepared for the week. It is a very, it's, it's a very, it's a new world out there. It's hard to hire people. And to translate that to like Jim, it's how many coaches or personal trainers want the prime hours in the evening. Yeah. Everybody wants them. But the fact that there are people out there that are in unique positions where we were talking to a gym owner where it was, I want to be able to bring someone in to do personal training or groups, but for only when kids are in school. Mm -hmm. So I can specifically target where it works for her and it specifically targets the other stay at home moms or people that would fit into this niche that I don't have any other coaches that would want to do this. Yeah. So it's yeah. finding a very specific puzzle piece for a very specific problem. Yeah. And that, that, that new structure though, that, that idea of like, how do we, how, that, that, those new arrangements are the future. Okay. Right. That's the future. Unless you ha already have a massive system in place, excuse me, fish oil, man, if I can choose me up. Um, if, uh, but unless you already have a very, you know, like our friend Willem, he's got five, 600 members in his gym, still group fitness facility, many, you know, different specialty programs and shit. Um, big news coming their way. I can't announce it yet, but, uh, but anyway, they've got, they could maybe bring on somebody who's full time if you wanted to, but the fact is they kind of don't either, unless you're up into the management stuff, management of the business, there's not full-time employees there. Really. There's a lot of coaches, a lot of coaches, but they're coaching anywhere from four to 10 hours a week. That's just the way it's going to have to be. And if you want to only carry full-time people, that's fine. But you better hope – I prefer that they be full-time and a lot of it be them full-time for themselves then. They can be a full-time professional. They got to bridge that gap between the hours and the pay that you can give them right now and the hours and pay that they want. It's on them to earn that difference. It's not on you to sit there and just your, – your business can't support it. The fitness business, we don't charge enough. Y'all don't charge enough money to have employees sitting on ass not doing shit just be bleeding money for hours and hours and hours. The type of shit you can get away with if you're in a bigger structured business. This is not the case. This isn't some office where you can get by working two hours, two hours a day, you know, billing out eight, 10 and everything works fine in the end. This is not how yeah. this works. Now I have a question. Yeah. <clears throat> if right now what we're talking about of bringing in personal trainers and having this model, either from the personal trainer's perspective or the gym owner's perspective, there's very specific like gyms that we do this that you and Megan and I mm -hmm. run out of and work with. They're not, they're not, they're, they are not CrossFit gyms. No, and they're not. They're not that traditional style of gym. They're going to be like an anytime fitness. They're going to be kind of more of those 24 hour facilities. Is that, yeah. is that sound accurate? So yeah. does the model how does the model change? Because we have lots of folks that are either going to be the either own their own spots that are the yeah. CrossFit style boxes, or they will. We have plenty of folks that are in our community that do own franchise boxes mm -hmm. that have all the machines and all the stuff and key cards for folks to come in and come and go as they yeah. please. How does that model adjust if you're someone that's like a CrossFit box or a functional fitness type box? I think it's almost nearly the exact same thing. I think, in my opinion, I think you have better chance of, actually, there's, 
there's going to be a, what's the word? That need is not being met in CrossFit gyms, very likely in group fitness. It's not, it's not being offered enough. The standard is I see CrossFit on the thing. It smells like group fitness. It's just what the impression is, which is fine. But we've transitioned, John, you and I have transitioned a lot of CrossFit gyms and group fitness gyms into gyms that sell a lot of one-on-one personal training. Definitely. And, and that's, it's a thing that once you start offering it, it just, it works because they want it, whether it's a little bit of extra work or now on the other side of this, we talked about why this works for everybody, right? Is in acquiring new members. Now, if your brand only looks and smells like externally, like group fitness, that is not going to work for someone who doesn't want group fitness Mm -hmm. or maybe just like, man, I'm really not comfortable with this. And we talked about this before. There are clients who will only do group fitness. Then there are clients who will not ever consider at all for even a moment doing group fitness. And yet the ones who would never consider for a moment coming and doing your CrossFit classes probably are going to be more profitable to your CrossFit gym than any of your fucking group fitness people. Because they will come in and they can spend 40, 60, 80, 100, $120 an hour mm-hmm. for personal training. And they may attract bringing new people to start building their own little semi-private group of people they know and they trust towards their goals, not just the workout you put on the whiteboard today for everybody that's fucking one-size-fits-all stuff. Whether that stuff is effective or not is up to you and how you execute it. I'm not here to shit on anybody's training methodology. But what it is to the outside is it seems like, what, everyone's just doing the same workout? but I got this thing or I have this specific thing I want, or I don't like doing these things. Like, can I, you know, so that's a piece that I think is, is actually great is you can, you'll actually get more people into your gym. You'll attract more people to your gym. If you're a CrossFit gym, um, it's almost easier if you do group fitness to transition to and growing your, your personal training side of it. It, it, it really is in my opinion. Um, what was the other side of that question, John? There was the, does it work? That's thing one. I think absolutely. Yeah, and, um, and more or less, it was just what is the strategy? You is it different? And how? Yeah, let me let, let me touch on how you do this, right? So one, we talked about bringing people in, right? So either in the twenty four hour fitness global gym space or in the group fitness space, bringing people in from outside is going to be what it'll be. It's on the coach, it's on their branding, it's on their ability to hustle. That's how that works. I think it's easier to draw people, new people that would not normally be in group fitness, to a group fitness facility. If you're adding, when you're adding personal training, you know, we also do this, that works, right? Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about upselling from within, right? Upselling from within those people who are already members into doing group fitness. Um, I think that the process of doing that in your CrossFit gym is a little bit different. Uh, the strategy needs to be, I do think if you're going to be a personal trainer at a group fitness gym, I do think you need to be coaching some of the group fitness classes. Because that's how you're going to build relationships. I think you. I think it's silly to neglect one path of sales leads, neglecting your internal path of sales leads for personal training, and only only relying on the coach and your external sales strategy to bring people in mm-hmm. to close personal training. So, John comes in. I hire John. I'm going to stick him in a couple classes. He'll fill in for some people. Sometimes he can cover. Maybe if I'm the owner and I'm coaching, I work with him a couple times, and then I just let him cover one of my least favorite classes. Doesn't matter. He's just got to be seen. You got to see him be seen. You need to be friendly. You need to be fun. You don't even need to be that knowledgeable. People just need to like you. That's about it. And then from there, people will see you in and around the gym. Um, and from there, you can start to build those relationships. That's a long game. You can't come in and start hard selling right away. But that is a way, one, it gives the coach you know, a couple hours of paid work a week, at least. That's mm-hmm. kind of guaranteed. doesn't require them to sell. And I think it's, it's advantageous all across the board. 
Now, if you're in the 24-hour gym, it's a bit different because you don't have really any right to talk to anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not. There's a lot of people there that like the training where we're at. They're like, if I wasn't being friendly, people would just think I'm the big guy that's in there that marches around and you know works with just a couple people a week, right? right. That could be intimidating. That could be could be a lot of things. Um, so it is on you, the coach, and you need to, if you're a gym owner, you need to make sure that your, your personal trainers know this. If you're in the 24 hour, four hour place to boost internal sales, that guy needs to be friendly as hell. You need to have a smile on your face to everyone that works, walks in the door. You need to say hi. You need, it does. It's, it's a customer service position, even when they're not your clients. Yeah, and man. that sucks. But in doing so, word gets around <laughs> that you're fun. It does. It sucks. I'm not like yeah, that. I can't, I, I do it. I do it, but I don't like people. I don't like the pop. I don't like the population, all that great of the world, to where I can be friendly when I want to be friendly. But I can't. I couldn't sit at a front desk and smile to everybody all the time and have that be my day. But yeah. when I'm in there, that's what I got to do. And so you do it. You're nice. It's friendly. And it's and by the way, it's rewarding. If it forces you to do it, you can't just sit in front of your computer here and talk business with John all day. So, um, but there was a, a really cool strategy that I that I read from a guy who's a personal trainer. Is how he built his first like big client base. And one of the things that he did was he like systemized this be nice to people thing using oh, yeah. kind of these like classic, uh, these, some of these, like how to, this, this is the, like how to win friends and influence people concept, which is you just talk to them about things that they like about their life. As long as they're able to answer questions about themselves and they feel like the subject is them because everybody is the hero of their own movie. Mm -hmm. um, when you do that, they, they're immediately endeared to you and they like you. Okay, now I think a lot of those books teach people how to be sociopaths. So just bear with me on this. That's not a strategy you need to take with like in every facet of your life. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's okay to use some of these things in, you know, in sales and marketing. But what this guy did is he actually started just a spreadsheet. Now I'm not a spreadsheet guy. I would just tax my memory until it doesn't work anymore. But what this guy did, had a little spreadsheet and it was, he found out the person's name as early as he possibly could. And when he found out their name, he wrote it into the spreadsheet, maybe a little description, knows about what time they come in. And then he would just gradually make conversation with them over the course of six months, a year. But eventually he has like 60 or 70 people that are on there that he knows like, oh, the son's coming back from college or this, that, or you know, they got a grandson who's, you know, just playing basketball. And those are these little things that when you see this person, oh, how's, how's Timmy's do Timmy doing basketball almost over that little type of little type of question goes this guy fucking he's great he likes and if you if if they think that you care no if they know that you care they can't just think right if they know that you actually care and put in the effort to know something about them whenever the, and they know that you're a personal trainer whenever they're looking and whenever anybody in their sphere of influence mentions yep. personal trainer they go this guy is so fucking nice you know, and he knows about my mom and when my aunt was sick, he talked to me about it and, and, you know, and then this and that. And, and so that, that, but that guy did this and he just built that up because he started with no clients and then he had one and then he had two, but then eventually he had this list of people that he knew, he knew pretty well. And they were the ones that ended up coming to him and, and that gave him his big base. That is a way to make sure that you're the value, not just the gym and not just the concept of uh you know having a trainer which is people want a trainer but in the grand scheme right. of things if you're a trainer you need to be the valuable asset you need to be the thing that people want to work with they need to want to work with you because that's the difference between you making 20 bucks an hour and you making 90. Mm -hmm. so 
those are the things. If you're in group fitness, you got to coach the group fitness. You got to be seen because you're, you're only going to earn street cred in a group fitness place. If you're working out with them, you got to be fit. <laughs> you got to do, you know what I mean? You got to, you got to work out with them. You got to do the deal. Um, and then you also need to be coaching some group classes so that you get to do the same thing we talked about with the guy with the spreadsheet. So you get to know the faces, you get to know the names, you get to know the life. So they get to know you and then you have that familiarity. And now it's very easy to close sales from there. If you're in one on one, you got to be friendly to people who aren't your clients yet. You got to be friendly to people who don't hire personal trainers. You got to be nice. You got to be smiling. One of the best things that my wife does is she coaches her group group fitness classes or not group classes, but her private groups. She coaches out of a 24-hour gym, groups of anywhere from three to five people. But every they have so much fun. And so they're laughing, they're smiling, they're making these huge milestone achievements and doing this, you know, stuff that's like heavy shit for them. And it's big accomplishments for them all the time. So there's always, you know, excitement. Yeah. And in a 24-hour gym where there's some people just in there kind of grinding by themselves or people maybe lost and don't know what to do. There is a laundry list of people that if Megan just went up to them and started talking okay. about maybe, yes, yeah. <laughs> but would you, you maybe want to? What you guys doing over yeah, there? Yeah. Not only that, some of the people, just the things that they're doing now, the, you people will start using the tools the way that yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the exercises yeah. and the tools that, that we use, they'll start using them the way that we use them, which is which is good. It means you have influence. It means they respect what you do. It means they trust your judgment and they end your expertise. And just doing that for shit, she has only been there for since the summer, like five, six months. I mean, this has been not very long at this facility and the facility is making money hand over fist. Megan's making great money. Everybody's fucking happy. Why though? Here's really important though. And we have to talk about this specific thing. Why is everyone happy? Why is everybody making money hammed over fist? And they're happy because of that. Because everybody's Megan, fending for themselves. <laughs> well, totally. Right? It's, it's, Megan has to be the tip of the spear. It's her business. Yes. You know, essentially, it's her business, all those pieces. Yeah. But Megan was our very first guinea pig mm -hmm. of testing what we know works with gym owners. When yep. you own a business, a brick and mortar location, could this be done if we treat the human like a brick and mortar location that you yep. are the business. So when Megan was part-time still working her nine to five job and now only being able to fit in a couple of hours here or there to just mm -hmm. get started as a personal trainer. Yeah. For, we got for five months, she worked less than 10 hours a week on this and made an amount of money that would make you sick. If you're a normal was, person, you know, just out hustling. Yeah. And it wasn't because she had outrageously overpriced stuff. It wasn't because there was like the bait and switch. It was none of those things. It was we had built with her that offer stack and threaded everything together so that it flowed so elegantly and so psychologically naturally to anyone she had a conversation with that there was never a time where she was essentially cutting her own throat. Oh, I got to start new because I'm new and I'm inexperienced. I have to charge less. And then I charge a little bit more every new person that I meet. And then eventually I have so many clients that I'm fucked because I'm running out of time. And I can't just raise my we prices on them. <laughs> we avoided all of those pitfalls. Every one of those problems that we had seen time and time again in multiple different industries, we had positioned Megan in that way. And we, that is why the power of what we talk about all the time, the order that you do these things matters so much. Yeah. And it's why we lead and talk so much about 
the getting your offer stack correctly, getting it built out correctly, knowing the process of how you're going to take someone through a sales sequence. That's what we hang. That's the bread and butter, what we hang our hat on. And that's what we can do for personal trainers, for gym owners, especially if you're a gym owner and you don't want, and you have personal trainers that suck. Do you want more money? Do you want, do you have entrepreneurial type people that are in? Maybe you are ahead of the fold. And if you got personal trainers that are new, just this is this is okay. Here you want to make more money. I can't sell. Here's how you do it. Here's your path. Here you go. That's it. This is the path for you. Walk down it or you don't. But then if you're not if you're not moving towards it and they they have complaints about pay or, or whatever, then that's they at least you've established expectations and opportunity and they chose not to do, not to fulfill either of those things. And then you're fine. Then you know until the next person comes in and the next person comes in. Because we have heard complaints from gym owners specific, like the folks that we have worked with now and have known for years we've heard the complaints where the personal trainers the coaches that they have that want to do personal training but they're not making enough money oh well, they're not making enough money and it's not even worth their time to come back and train somebody because yeah. the split that we have with the gym what i'm keeping and what they're keeping it just isn't enough at the end of the day and it's just like well then why don't we completely redo this like we know how you can start to make more money to where now everyone's happy. Your coach is happy. You're happy. The client is more happy that you're working with. And it's just that easy. You just have to know where to point them. And it is why this is where we say right in this spot, because we know exactly what works, how quickly you can turn that around. And it just like, it fires everybody up. Well, and I think it's important that it also keeps, you know, the first place that Megan was out of, like, you know, worked out great, same pricing and all the other, all the things. And then the problem is, is the place was not able to really operate in a way that was respectful to Megan's clients. It just didn't work because, you know, loud music on, well, she's still trying to coach people. You're not going to compromise. Right. You're not going to behave professionally around Megan's clients or Megan's, if her clients don't feel welcome in this place coming in for the amount of money that we feed there. And, and even now compared now to them, the amount of money that, that they're missing out on by having not been able to behave like professionals towards these people that are paying more money than any, even towards this gym, than any of their existing members. That is an issue that now the nice thing is, is for the personal trainer and for a gym that wants to behave professionally, like the coach has the leverage because the coach has the clients. And when both parties have leverage, it works because the relationship is good. The place we're at now, they, they, they do a great job. Our clients feel super welcome. They get the VIP treatment. Everybody's great. We're constantly asked, any new equipment you want, any new this? Always worried about keeping us happy. You know what we're worried about? Keeping them happy because we like this arrangement too. It works when everybody has leverage and everybody's a professional. When only one person has the real leverage and the other person party thinks they have leverage or wants to behave petulantly, the adult just walks and I'll take all my fucking money too. And so it's really important to know that if you're a gym owner and you're fucking up and your coaches are leaving and they're taking your clients with, that's on you too. You fucked up. Okay. You either got to fix how you establish these relationships in the beginning or you got to fix how you fucking act in this process and how you're fulfilling this service. Because this is a thing. It's about quality control. It's the same thing, John, we talk about Google reviews and all this stuff. One of the reasons that we want as much feedback and public facing testimonials from our clients. Why? Because it makes me do a good job. Because if eight out of 10 of my clients were like, this guy fucking sucks, blah, blah, one star, one star, one star. But if all those got buried, man, there's no incentive on me to get better. Right. None. 
Okay. So this is, it's, it's really important. Put your money where your mouth is, act like a professional, establish a professional relationship with another professional, be professional and fulfill the professional service and you'll make it fucking professional wage. It's very simple all the way across the board. Guys, we got to get going. Uh, I got to head over and coach. Make sure you follow, join the Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group. That is the link is in the description, the Gym Owners Revolution. Get in there. Uh, I don't need to tell you why again. So thanks for listening. Follow the Gym Owners Podcast at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Tyler F. and Stone. That's Tyler E-F-F, I and Stone. And John? You follow me at JBanksFL. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.